Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host. And today, Saturday, March 18, 2023, I wish you the happiest of National Transit Driver Appreciation Days. It doesn't get much better than that. Or maybe it does, because today we've got another guest on the show. It's Jack Emerson. You can find him on Twitter at Jack Emers. Do not, do not add in the O-N, or you will not find him. Jack Emerson. He covers the Buckeyes for the Buckeye Sports Bulletin. Jack, thanks for being here today. How are we feeling on this Saturday? I'm feeling great, you know. Just watching a bunch of basketball. It's the best time of the year, March Madness. So super excited to be on here. Absolutely. Brackets already busted. They were they were busted by about three o'clock, I think, on Thursday afternoon. Virginia. If you think it's bad as an Ohio State fan, hey, at least you're not a fan of Virginia and just lose in the first round every year or win the national title. So appreciate you being here, Jack. Excited to chat Buckeye Hoops today. And as we're putting together show notes and thinking about where in the heck we were going to go. I personally have gotten a lot of questions, a lot of responses from people wondering what is this Buckeye team going to look like this summer in terms of transfers, leaving transfers coming in, potentially Bryce Sensenbaugh going to the draft, all of those types of things. So that's where we're going to center the conversation today. So the transfer portal, it opened up on March 13th and it will stay open until May 11th, of course, of this year. And as of right now, Jack, there are 15 players on scholarship, and that's including the class of 2023 coming in. If you are a, a, a big college hoops fan, you understand you can only have 13 scholarship players, of course. So the question first, before we can even get into transfer talk or anything like that is, who, who will not be on scholarship next year? Bryce Enzimov is the biggest player. Tanner Holden, Eugene Brown, potentially transfers and other players down the list as well. But who do you see as potential departures from this Ohio State team in the upcoming season? Yeah, I would say the most clear departure and the one that I think most people are expecting is Bryce Sensabaugh. You know, he obviously put enough on tape to impress NBA scouts this past season. And, you know, I think he'll definitely, definitely be testing the waters. I can't say that for sure, but I mean, it feels like we're trending that way. And, um, you know, just knowing him, I think, you know, teams have latched onto him and see him as a potential option. You brought up Tanner Holden. I think as we saw the season progress and saw him kind of get out of the rotation, I think that there was an inkling of an idea that he was probably going to be heading out as well. I wouldn't be surprised. I've, I've heard some things that it's likely that he's heading out as well. And then, you know, you got to look at maybe some of those those end of the bench guys. I know you brought up Eugene Brown. I think he can kind of go either way. I can't imagine he wants to spend the rest of his career playing playing the four or the five right now, but you know because there's there's not going to be a whole lot of space probably at that at that three spot with with Scotty and even Devin could play the three or four you know coming in, so you could see uh, I could see Eugene Brown also heading out, but I don't I'm not concrete there as well, and then I think you kind of look at at a guy like Kalen Etzler too who's been around for for two years and hasn't really broken the rotation I know last or this past season. You know, some of those blowouts towards the end of the season, we weren't even seeing him in there. So maybe he kind of looks elsewhere, looks um, looks to find some place where he can get some playing time. But right now, if I had to guess who was who was in, who was out, I would probably guess that that Bryce is out for sure. Um, Tanner probably out as well. 
Um, Gene, I could go either way. I think it kind of depends on what Holtman's telling him about his potential role moving forward with the, uh, with the program. And then I could, I could see Etzler going as well. I think that's also kind of dependent on, you know, the conversation he has with, with coach Holtman about, you know, where he fits in going forward. I'm, I'm not sure he's a long-term part of that long-term plan with the, uh, with the 22 and 23 classes, but, you know, I think it kind of comes down to the, the conversations that they have together. Yeah. So the end of the bench is, is really a focus I think right now for Ohio state basketball in terms of players departing one that you didn't mention that I'm curious about is Owen Spencer. So not for the example of transferring out, but I've heard it both ways at this point. I haven't been able to nail anything down. Owen Spencer, obviously scholarship opens up without Seth Towns here, middle of the year. He is now on scholarship. Now he's on scholarship for this season, the, the 2022-2023 season. I've heard rumblings that that scholarship may not apply for next year. Are you able to speak to that? Do you have any intel on that? I have heard the same. I still am not putting pen to paper until we reach that point in the uh, in the portal when they're starting to add guys. But I do believe I've I've read and I've seen that you know that is a one year deal. They I think I believe they went into it giving him the scholarship with the idea that it was only going to be a one year a one year thing. Now who knows if they expand that beyond this season? I don't think they would. I don't think it would make sense strategically. But for the most part, I do I do believe that was a one year deal just to uh you know, have him on scholarship, they had the opening and kind of just help him out for the, for the uh, year financially. Yeah. So at least for my list, I've got six potential departures for Ohio state. I do not have Owen Spencer on that list. Would there be any reason for him to transfer away from Ohio state after being a walk-on for a couple of years? I, I can't imagine he would. It seemed like, especially after that, that Iowa game, when we, when we got to talk to him, you know, it just seemed like he was, in love with Ohio state. He, he loved being here, obviously, you know, being from Cincinnati, he talked about kind of being closer to his family. Um, just the lifestyle differences from being at the Citadel, a, a very regimented military Academy to, to being at Ohio state and kind of just, you know, being able to have more fun and you know, kind of have more free time. I think I, I, I wouldn't imagine him leaving. It seems like he really does enjoy being here. Um, I think he enjoys, not only not being in that role of, you know, being that that scout team guy or being that bench guy, that that uh, bench mob guy, that hype up guy. But um, I think he feels comfortable in it. And I think he would. I, I just don't see him leaving. I think he loves where he's at right now. Yeah, I think there's thousands of 18, 19, 20 year olds who grew up in Ohio who would love Owen Spencer's role where you're not scholarshiped, but you get to be on the end of the bench. And you've been in the shot covering games. I've been in the shot covering games in the past as well. There's just something special. When when you grow up watching Ohio State, there's something special about just being there. So it, it takes the right person. It takes the right guy. But Owen Spencer may be that guy who just continues to be with the team for better or for worse. So when we look at the potential departures, I think Bryce Sensabaugh, Tanner Holden, we're both on the same page. We expect them to be gone. That only gets them down to 13 scholarships with Owen Spencer potentially not being on scholarship next year. That gets them to 12, really one open spot. So Eugene Brown, he's been an interesting player to talk about. Ohio State fans have talked about him a lot. My opinion is the Buckeyes are going to have a hole at the four spot 
in the upcoming year. Power forward is the biggest spot where they're going to have a hole. And I think it comes down to, does Chris Holtman see Eugene Brown as a potential role player next year to fill in at the four? And even if so, is that something that Eugene Brown is even going to want to do? Or is he going to want to try to find a role elsewhere where he can play more, maybe more naturally at the three? What are your thoughts on Eugene Brown? How do you lean that way? See, that that's kind of the, I had the same feeling as you there. I I was thinking about this during the year as the season progressed, and they were really only kind of using him as that, in that small ball five, sometimes he was playing the four role. And I, it, it's just funny to me, you look back at, you know, when he started here, they were basically only playing him at the two or the three and how his career has evolved to him now playing the four and the five. Obviously it was out of necessity with injuries and stuff, but you know, there's just not really a spot for him at the three or at the two anymore. So if he's going to stay at Ohio state, he's going to have to play the four. And I mean, I don't know kind of what his feelings are on it. You know, I think he really embraced the role when he had to play it. And I thought he did an admiral job down there. You know, not every six, seven guy can guard Zach Eady. But, um, you know, he did his best and he tried. You know, that's all you can ask for with him. The thing is, does does he want to do that for a long period of time? Does he want to spend the rest of his career playing the four? I don't know. And I think there probably are some schools around the country that would be like, hey, we could take a flyer on on a six seven guy who can who can spread the floor. He's a good defender, really good perimeter defender. You know, he brings a lot of tools that teams need. And, you know, I think he it definitely comes down to whether he wants to play at the four, if he's comfortable there, playing there for the rest of his career, or if, you know, if he wants to play his natural position. I think he, I think you hit it on the head there where it's it's definitely a discussion that he has to have with Coach Holtman this offseason of, hey, I'm not sure if I want to play the three, or I'm not sure if I want to play the four for the rest of my career. Is that something that, you know, we can work on? Maybe you can find me a spot at the three. If it can't happen, then maybe they go their separate ways, but... I think it definitely comes down to positionally where he wants to be. Yeah, for sure. And his presence was definitely felt when he played and at the beginning of the year without him in there, especially you think about no Eugene Brown, no ice likely uh, during that stretch at the very beginning of the year, not having someone who can lock down and play some defense and just muck it up a little bit. That was definitely felt. So I personally would love it if Eugene Brown stayed, obviously he's got to do what he's got to do. Outside of that, you look at three players who are maybe closer to the South Pole, as they say, uh, on the bench. You've got Kalen Etzler, Colby Ballman, and Bowen Hardman. Those three, have you heard anything there? My opinion would be it's probably you're you're going to be picking randomly and maybe two out of the three are gone or one out of three are gone. But you're expecting probably a scholarship or two spots open up there. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I think it's almost like throwing darts at a dartboard right now. I mean, I would expect if out of any of those three, I think the one I would most expect is is Kalen Etzler, just based on him being here a little bit longer, him being here longer and not really seeing the floor all that much. I mean, this season when they were in that stretch of Michigan State, Iowa, Purdue, where they I think they got beat by a combined or by like an average of 17 points between those three games. I don't believe Kalen Etzler tallied a, a minute in those three games. Um, so I think it's, it's coming down to, there's just nowhere for him to really get minutes on this team right now. And I think that's going to be another one of those conversations that you have with coach Holtman of, Hey, am I part of this, this long-term plan that you have together with, with the 22, 23 class, or should I look elsewhere to find some playing time? 
he's probably the guy that I would lean towards most leaving, most lean towards him leaving. The other two I think will be interesting. I think Kobe Bauman, he's still he's still in that walk-on slot. So I think that would be, you know, an interesting if he wants to try to find some playing time, then then I could see him leaving. But I could also kind of see him following that Owen Spencer route of, hey, I love being here. I like being a Buckeye. Um, so I could kind of go either way with with Kobe Bowen Bauman. And then Bowen Hardman, I know Holtman talked about it a lot this year of the plan with Bowen was to kind of bring him along gradually. Wasn't going to play much this year. I think that was expected. But we've got uh, the Ohio State's got Taysom Chapman coming in. Bruce and Roddy obviously emerged this season. Uh, safe to say that. And, you know, I think at the same time, is there going to be space for him? That's a question that we have. And if those spots open up before Bowen has the opportunity to enter the portal and they bring in a, a couple of guards, I know they're looking at a couple of mid-major guards. If they bring in one of those guys, maybe Bowen's like, hey, there's not a spot for me. But again, that's all hypothetical. I don't necessarily think he he would leave this offseason, but I think it kind of depends on the moves that they make as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, uh, I mean, we'll probably see with this list of, of six players who could depart. I think it, it's not crazy to think that three to four leave. We know for sure, probably two are going to be gone. And then outside of that, you've got Owen Spencer, probably not on scholarship if there's not room right? And him going back to to that walk-on spot. So there's going to be some opportunity to go out in the transfer portal. And Chris Holtman was aggressive last season going out in the transfer portal. This team was brand new in comparison to what it was a year ago. So before we even get into the players or the topic of, of who may join Ohio State next season, who's already played in college, what kind of needs do you see Chris Holtman going out and and trying to target or attack what are what are the biggest types of of players that he needs on his roster next season i really lean towards them getting a stretch for a guy kind of like prototypical guy kind of like a like a coleman hawkins almost who can you know you can see him running the break you can he can rebound he can he can obviously stretch the floor like i mentioned he's a guy that's a little more athletic down there that is an okay defender but, you know, is not sacrificing any athleticism. I worry about, you know, Holtman talking about using the uh, the Felix Akpara Zed key lineup just based on the, I just don't feel like Zed's athletic enough to play the four. And not a knock on Zed because he's tremendous on the block. And I think he, that would open up a lot of opportunities down low. But the spacing makes me a little nervous there. So getting a guy who can stretch the floor, who's athletic, who can run the floor as a, as a rim runner or can spot out to the, or flash out to the corner. I mean, I think that would be perfect, but you know, there's not a whole lot of guys like that in the portal right now. Maybe we'll see some more enter as March madness progresses, but that would probably be the main guy. I think you're also looking at, you know, maybe filling that, that Sean McNeil type of role, that guy who can shoot, who can come off screens, a guy that you can maybe plant in the corner and uh, he can attack or you can throw it to him on, on drives. You know, I think you need another one of those guys. I think out of the guys that we obviously haven't gotten into them yet, but out of the guys that have been reported, there do seem to be a good number of those guys in that conversation. The, uh, the kid from Towson, Nick Timberlake, and then the kid from Wofford really reminds me of a, 
of a Sean McNeil type who can uh, can really get buckets off of screens or even create. I know Timberlake's a pretty good creator as well. So that that would be really helpful for this roster, I feel like. Yeah, I think the stretch four, that's one that I that is top of mind for me is a player that Ohio State, and, and as I mentioned with Connor Lamonts in our last episode, Ohio State really hasn't had a true stretch four in quite some time. I don't think that you can really consider EJ Liddell to be a stretch four. You look back at Kata Bates-Diop, kind of closer to that stretch four, I guess you could say, but really not a true, true stretch four out there who can go out behind the three-point line and you have to actually have someone guard him out there, unlike Felix Akpara or Zed Key this year where teams would dare them to shoot and they would try sometimes and Zed Key made a couple, uh, but not to the accuracy that you'd like to see out of him. So stretch four, I think would be huge to be able to space out the floor. And that's a spot where I think Eugene Brown can have a role. And again, I hate to lose his defense and his ability to rebound as well. The three-point shooter is definitely going to be a void. I know Bruce Thornton shot the three really, really well this year. And you've got a couple players on this roster in general who have got the potential to light it up. But if you can get a guy who maybe doesn't necessarily specialize in threes, but is more known for for hitting threes than anything else, Sean McNeil was a guy this year who was fun to watch and you just wanted to see him get going. But he he was essentially just a three-point shooter. And if he wasn't getting slippery off those screens, then he wasn't going to get a shot up and, and hit a three. So even that this year wasn't something that Ohio state had. The last thing I would mention is another combo guard who can score. I know Taysom Chapman is expected to be kind of that guy in the upcoming season. Roddy Gale can score at the two as well, but Scotty Middleton, I know a lot of fans are excited about him. I see him a lot more as a defender than a, an attacker offensively. And man, again, another reason I keep going back to Eugene Brown. I would love to keep Eugene Brown because if you you've got Eugene Brown and Scotty Middleton defending out there, it's going to be a hard team to score on, especially with Akpara down in the post. I mean, that's exciting. That's really, really exciting to think about. But I think that we're kind of on the same page in terms of needs. And you mentioned a couple of players you're excited about. There was a, an article released by Adam Jardy from the Columbus Dispatch, I think on Wednesday, where he named seven players who Ohio State has been in cahoots with who have already entered the transfer portal and I guess my first question before we get in even get into that in terms of movement in the transfer portal how aggressive do you see Ohio State being and what does a timeline look like for when Ohio State starts to poach some players I think it's it really is a fluid situation it's hard to Hard to gather because I feel like, you know, obviously we talked about their their scholarship situation. Obviously, they have an inkling of an idea of kind of how that's going to work out. But I feel like you can't be as aggressive as you need to be when that situation is still kind of in flux. I think once we start to see guys start to go, I think we'll see that aggression level pick up. But let's say two or three slots open. I expect Holtman to, to hit it hard. Um, you know, I think he... He's had some issues with the portal in the past. We, It's been well-documented. Um, I I thought the transfers this year before the season would pan out a little better than they did. Um, but I don't knock him for, for the guys that he got. I thought at the time, I thought Ice was a great addition. I thought Sean proved that he was a pretty good addition as the season wore on. And, um, you know, we obviously know the situation with, with Tanner. And I thought he was a good addition at the after – before last season as well. Mm -hmm. So I do expect Holtman 
to to hit it hard, especially if they have the slots and they need to, you know, fill those needs that we kind of talked about. We'll we'll see if he can get the right guys in the right spots. But I, I do anticipate that this is going to be a pretty intense um, attack of the portal. Yeah. And I mean, I think that fans see Chris Holtman being more on the hot seat than he really is. Gene Smith has been very public about his support of Chris Holtman. Chris Holtman has said he wants to be here privately. I think we know that that they work closely together. They're close to one another. I don't think the seat is very warm at all for Chris Holtman, but do you think that the aggressiveness also comes into, man, I cannot afford to miss the NCAA tournament again next year, which I don't think if that happens, it's going to be tough for Chris Holtman to be back. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but it's very unlikely that this team misses the NCAA tournament next year. Do you think he'll be more aggressive just with the, the extra warmth to his seat right now as well? I, I would say so. I think, you know, he needs, he might need some home run hitters or some home run hits. I, I don't necessarily know if he'll need that with the talent he has coming in just based off the class, the freshman class coming in as well as, you know, I, I expect Roddy and Bruce and Felix to all take massive jumps this summer. I think they're not that they're going to be different players. They're going to be the same player, but they're going to be much more refined. I think they're going to be much more comfortable and confident in their roles as well, where it's almost like you're getting, you know, another guy, another ta- really talented guy. You're getting so much development out of those three that you've got to feel pretty confident about yourself, but you do have to get those pieces that, that make you go like, like the stretch four that we talked about. I think you need to get maybe another vet in here. It's still a relatively young roster. Um, I think you really do need to get another vet in here. Maybe, maybe not the player type that ice was, but the, the voice in the locker room guy that ice was, I think that would be more key for, for this team. I don't know how much necessarily you need to let me, let me, let me uh, dial back for a second here. I think you need to fill the role the role of leadership with a guy. I don't know how how much you need to fill talent, I guess is the right way to put it. I think you're definitely going to need to bring in a guy who can who can put the ball in the hoop as a, as a three-point shooter. No doubt. I think you definitely do need to bring a guy who's a little more athletic who can play both in who can play inside out as well. But I do really think you need that that leadership aspect. You you obviously get Zed back and that's huge. Bruce will be a captain next year for sure. Obviously him getting the captaincy midseason, but that, that leadership aspect, I think that's going to be the biggest thing that Holtman needs to fill. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, you don't have Justice suing, you don't have Sean McNeil, you don't have ice likely returning. Those are some, some leaders. And I know leadership was a big topic of discussion for Ohio state, Bruce Thornton stepping up and being a captain out of nowhere. There were some things going on potentially in the locker room that, Maybe we're not ideal that Chris Holtman had to deal with this season, especially with just a season not going the way that you want it to. So that'll be a need, I think, for Ohio State as well. Let's talk about actual players now. From the the targets that Ohio State may have at this point, which players are you most excited about or or who should Ohio State fans be looking at and really start to salivate over with them potentially joining Ohio State next season? I really like uh, Chris Ledlam out of Harvard. I think he 
he shoots a good volume of threes. I don't think his percentage is all that great that he should be. I think he takes around four or five a game and shoots 28%. But he does give you that that stretch for that, you know, he's a threat to shoot from deep. He has an inside-out game. I think he's he's pretty darn athletic. Um, you know, he's just, I think he's a good fit. I think he would fit really well alongside an Akpara and, and a Zed Key as well. Um, and then even in rotation with Devin, I feel like they kind of had some similar skill sets, some similar th- similar things they like to do offensively, where it's not there's not much changing from the guy who's starting to the guy who's playing off the bench. I think that would be really big. I really do like um, uh, J- Jackson Pavletsky from Wofford. I'm probably butchering his last name there, <laughs> but he's a he's a bucket and he's a younger guy. I think he would fit right in with kind of what they're planning to do with their with their current young core. Um, I do like Nick Timberlake. He'd be another one, another guy that would be, he would be a one and done guy for sure. But I like, I think he kind of fills that Sean McNeil role well. And I think he can do a little more with the ball on his hands and, you know, coming off screens. And I think he's a little more of a willing passer than Sean was. So I really like him. I think when it comes down to uh, Kamari lands out of Louisville, I think that's more of a project. I think the ceiling could be really high with him. But I also see it feel like the floor is is pretty low with him. And I think we saw that this year at Louisville where it was he just couldn't find his way into that rotation. And I I, I don't know what was going on there, but I I, I think that he has the, the key. He's 6'8, 220. I think he has great build. He's athletic. And I mean, if you're willing to take a a a flyer on a guy, I think that wouldn't be a bad option. But he definitely needs to improve his efficiency. I think he shot like 32% this year. So he definitely needs to to improve his efficiency. But I think that would be a, an interesting project to take on. Now, I don't know if Ohio State really has the time and the the because they're going to have so many young guys already. I don't know if they necessarily have the time to have, pick up another project player. But um, I think he's he has the gifts to be a really talented kid as well. Yeah, I think Kamari Lands is probably the most polarizing of any of the players who Ohio state could pick pick up. He was a four-star recruit, 6'8", 220 pounds. He's from Indianapolis. Ohio state was really never in on his recruiting cycle. He didn't take a visit to Ohio state as far as I'm aware. So not really a player that, you know, when you look back in recruiting, you're like, Oh man, maybe Ohio state just missed out. And He has a little moment and decides, man, maybe Ohio State was a place for me. The other thing, too, for him, Louisville, one of the worst programs in Power 6 last year. Uh, He couldn't get on the floor when he did. Like you said, he he really didn't play all that great. He had six starts, which is great, but average less than six points a game, average less than two rebounds per game. So a project you wonder about if if it's a player who's going to be impatient and especially – when you're the best basketball player on the floor for your entire life, like he was, you wonder if he's going to be willing to, to wait it out. And and if that's going to be a fit at Ohio state. So he's definitely a question mark. You mentioned Chris Ledlum from Harvard, six, six, He's more of a four from what I know of him. And that would be undersized for a four, but he averaged almost 19 points per game, eight and a half rebounds per game. Good defender as well, could share the ball a little bit, and he shoots the ball well. He's an efficient player. I think that he would be a fine add for Ohio State, but not necessarily 
one who fits what maybe you'd be looking for in terms of a stretch four. I don't think that he's potentially that guy. So that's something that he looks good on paper. Would he be a fit at Ohio State? That would be my biggest question. And then you mentioned t- Nick Timberlake from Townsend. 6'4", 205. And this is a guy who you mentioned he can score. He shot 42% from deep last season, 41% from deep the season before. Nearly identical percentage-wise, although we got more shots up last year from behind the arc. And he can score, I think, a little bit more more in different ways, I guess, than Sean McNeil could, I would say. Distributed the ball a little bit as well. So that would probably be the player that I would have at the top of my list. I think that of the players Ohio State has targeted, I, I, I'm not yet seen one that I'm really excited about at the stretch four. And I think that we both maybe agree. If that's not the, the ultra number one Uber need, we've got to get one that it's up there for Ohio State. Devin Royal, he's not necessarily the prototypical stretch four. I think he's just got some more range, right? So I don't know if he's got the ball handling skills. He He's, he's a really good player. He's just named Mr. Basketball in Ohio. He's the player I'm most excited about on this freshman class. But as far as finding that stretch four, I don't have one that I'm super excited about right now where I see a need. So that's where I would be coming from in, in terms of potential players. There's a couple others on the list here are there anyone else that you wanted to mention or or that you feel could be really exciting for ohio state or or even otherwise you're like man i hope this guy does not come to ohio state anything like that um i mean maybe not hope they don't come but the the two guards of kevin miller from central michigan and then uh kobe williams from louisiana tech i just think two six foot guards i just don't think they really fit in with kind of how Holtman is building his roster right now. And that's not to say they're it's not to say they're not good players. It's just I just feel like based on size, I'm just out on six feet, six foot guards right now. Um, I think you're already getting you have a guy in Bruce who's already six two, Roddy's six four, Tayson, we mentioned is six four. I think you're kind of building towards, you know, having those more moderately sized guards. I think once you get to the to the undersized guys. I just feel like you can't right now. Ohio state doesn't have the means to sacrifice size, especially in the backcourt and especially down low. But I mean, I just, I would do away with any more undersized guards. I think Ohio state fans have had their fill of those guys over the last couple of years. And I think as you move into this era with, with Bruce at the one and Roddy at the two, I think I just don't see that really meshing in with kind of what their plans are for the backcourt. Um, in terms of kind of these needs that we talked about too, I feel like they are kind of getting a decent bit of it with the freshmen that are coming in, you know, the scoring combo guard with Taysen that you mentioned. And then we kind of talked a little bit about Devin at, at the stretch four, obviously not there yet, but maybe a year of working at it, playing, playing over the summer, maybe he can pick up some of those things. But yeah, I think, you know, looking at the portal and, and everything, they definitely do need to fill some needs as well. Yeah, I think one need that we didn't really touch on, but you just look at the the projected depth chart for next season, who's going to back up Bruce Thornton? I know, obviously, you've got Roddy Gale, who's he's not going to be the primary ball handler when Thornton's out. I don't think Taysen Chapman is going to be that guy either. So who backs up Bruce Thornton next year? Is it someone on this team, or do you think Ohio State goes out and finds a transfer there? 
Now that now that's a really good question. I th- I think you're gonna have to bring somebody in as a transfer. I think you can get some of that develop some of that with you know maybe just having a couple of lineups where you have Taysen running the one. It, maybe they have to find another guy like Justice Suing who had that ability to you know run the offense and operate the offense. But right now, as currently constructed, I mean, I, I guess you're kind of just looking at Kobe Bauman, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not too sure about that, and uh, and Roddy Gale. I mean, I could see them playing Roddy at the one conceptually. I, I don't think necessarily you want to be doing that. I think he's much better off ball. I think he, you know, I just don't see him being that guy to really facilitate the offense in a right way. And like we like we've said you can't play bruce you know 40 minutes a game either they tried at certain points this year and you hmm. you just can't do it um so yeah i think you you definitely do have to look probably have to look outside of ohio state right now and you know maybe as the as uh the tournament moves forward and you know teams start getting eliminated and guys start entering the portal coaches start getting fired and guys enter the portal stuff like that maybe someone comes up that you're like, okay, wow, we really need this guy. But right now of the guys that have been out there right now or, or guys that are in the portal right now, there's nobody that really jumps out to me to to take over that spot. And I think it's kind of just a wait and see. You're kind of in a holding pattern with that. But I could see Roddy and Taysen maybe picking up the slack if need be, you know. Yeah, I think when I look back to maybe not the two most frustrating parts of Ohio State season, but two glaring weaknesses that they had number one it was a lack of depth in the front court when you lose ed key and then felix akpar gets in foul trouble and now you're like okay i guess we'll throw justice out there or isaac likely or eugene brown at the five it's just horrible horrible plan of attack you just don't have the depth and it's it's no one's really fault i suppose um but you you just you can't have that at a right. big 10 school especially when you're trying to go guard zach Eady, who maybe has the coordination of you or i but he's seven four 300 pounds so he's going to continue to score over people that he's taller than so you have that and then the other thing i think we saw man when ohio state got pressured this year when teams would extend pressure out past half court or even bring on a full court press the buckeyes really really struggled it's how they ended up i think being just completely out of some games losing some leads having the chance to to close teams out and then the press comes out and, and they just, they can hardly get the ball past half court at, at, at times. And you've got to call a timeout and you're just completely resetting things, burning timeouts, losing time on the shot clock. I think Ohio state is going to have to go in and find a primary ball handler. And it doesn't need to be a player who can go out and, and average 12 points per game a night. It can be a player like Jamari Wheeler, who obviously had some scoring ability, but was primarily a distributor of the ball. And he did it really, really well. I think that's something that maybe Ohio State fans maybe don't see. It could be a blind spot for a lot of fans, but something that will need to be addressed toward this summer and and heading into next year. You're going to need to find someone who can get the ball up the floor with Bruce. It can't be simply Bruce gets the ball inbounded, everybody clears out, and then when he gets trapped, who knows what happens at that point. They've got to find some kind of system in place where Bruce doesn't have to play 40 minutes a night and someone else can can handle the ball and distribute and take some pressure off of him. And the hope with that as well, I think is you're getting, you're obviously bringing the young guys along and with Bruce and Roddy. And if Bryce is back, maybe, you know, and Felix, of course. And then of course the freshman as well. Um, The hope is that over the summer, you can kind of build that camaraderie and build that 
you know, that trust together. I think also with, in regards to like Bruce and Roddy, the guys that will be handling the ball in those pressure situations, like you mentioned, you know, they got a ton of experience from that this year. And you, you got to hope that they can rely on that experience to, Hey, you know, we struggled against this. This is something that we have to make a point of emphasis over the summer of how do we handle, you know, being in these high pressure situations, facing pressure defenses and stuff like that. And I think the hope is that they use kind of the moments that they went through this year in regard to those things as, you know, as a building block towards kind of what they want to do in the off season. And then, you know, you got to hope that they can uh, put it together next season. And I, I do completely agree with you. They definitely do need a guy to put behind Bruce or maybe a, a guy at the two or the three that you can rely on to, Hey, in certain spots, maybe like a point forward, a guy that you can rely on to, Hey, in a couple of spots, Hey, handle the ball for us, run the offense, do these kinds of things. And you got to hope that it comes, you know, up in the in the portal or you gotta maybe retrain Roddy to be a guy who can you know do both things I feel like yeah for sure I think at this point it's a fun time again I'm very optimistic about Ohio State next year my my initial expectation for the Buckeyes is that they should be fighting for in February a double buy in the Big Ten tournament I I really do have really high expectations for this team but a lot of that will hopefully come together here this summer. So a lot to look forward here to not only in the transfer portal, but just seeing how this Buckeye team shapes up in general. We know Chris Holtman will be back. There's no reason to believe that he won't at this point. Not that there ever was, but with the Notre Dame rumor being dispelled as well, we know he'll be back. So we have that and we'll see where this team goes from here. So Jack, appreciate having you on the show today. Anything else you want to share with the friends and the fans of the pod? I really, I really appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, I always love talking to you guys, so, uh, you know, anytime. It was, it was a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate your insight today, Jack. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.